This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. WABC. One man has a talk show on 77 WABC, and that man's name is... It's Dominic. I am him. And with us now, Dominic Carter. Nice to be with you, Dominic. It gets better. You need to talk to Dominic Carter. It's about to go down. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. On Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good Tuesday morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. No regard, no regard for human life. It has shaken residents and brought back memories of the bad old days in the Bronx when crack cocaine infested the neighborhood. It has brought back the bad old days. And, of course, I'm referring to the fentanyl that killed one-year-old, one-year-old Nicholas Dominici and caused three other tots to overdose at a Bronx daycare. And officials are now stating that it was stashed, the fentanyl, in the facility's nap room. So exactly where the kids would take a nap is where these animals put the fentanyl. Here's Mayor Adams. We just found that it was urgent and needed uh, that this story could not be just another day in our city of four babies four babies, and whomever is a parent, you had to see that picture of that young baby that lost his life to just reckless and careless and total disregard for those children. And here is also uh, the police commissioner of New York City, Police Commissioner Caban. The dangers of fentanyl cannot be overstated. This poison is extremely deadly, and if you traffic in it, you will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. The police commissioner, and let's go ahead. We see your phone calls coming in. Let's go ahead and open up the phone lines, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Some news on the migrant front as well. The New York City Comptroller is threatening to yank to pull Mayor Adams' emergency contract powers as it relates to migrants. Monday, the City Comptroller threatened to revoke the mayor's emergency powers as it relates to migrant housing, stating more scrutiny is needed to be given to the embattled contractor.go. And you know, folks, I have to give Curtis Lewa a lot of credit. Curtis Lewa, months ago, brought up this company.go. And now we're having the city controller suspending uh, the company, Adams reinstating it. It's going back and forth. But the first person that I heard talk about .go happened to be Curtis Sliwa. And so I tip my my cap, my hat to uh, Curtis. Also, the Adams administration, get this, folks, is dropping scores of lawsuits against upstate New York towns that have refused migrants. It's a sign of the time. It's time to wake up. Free, free, free should come to an end. And Mayor Adams, you should follow the lead of these upstate counties. No, no, and no. 
the legal challenges were abandoned from the city of New York after a judge ruled that the city would have to bring each case, each individual case in the individual counties, making it a logistical nightmare for the Big Apple's uh, legal department. And so I'm about to start with your telephone calls in just one second. But this, this, uh, the death of this uh, one-year-old child, there are certain crimes, certain victims, where it stops the pulse of a city, and this is one of them. Why would you put the fentanyl in the nap room? Why would you do that? So when the kids were put down to rest in the room at the El Divino Nino daycare on Morris Avenue near East 196th Street in the Fordham uh, Manor around 1 p.m. Friday. This was a mere hour and a half before they began experiencing overdose symptoms. Police responded to a 911 call for the ailing children and they would later find a kilogram of the extremely lethal opioid stashed beneath one of the mats the children use for sleeping. That's where they found the fentanyl. Why would you do that? They've been charged with murder, and they should be. Why would you put fentanyl? You wouldn't do it to your child. You wouldn't do it to yourself. And so Mayor Adams is right to voice outrage on on this one, and which he's also calling, uh, by the way, for a national crackdown on uh, fentanyl, even though he didn't go into uh, specifics. And, you know, something has to give here. Something has to give. Let's start with your telephone calls. This morning, Dominic Carter, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Susan on the Upper East Side. Good morning, Susan. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. I'm so upset when I see that. I can't get that picture of that beautiful little boy in that outfit out of my mind. Yes. Uh, And I just want to go back. I started thinking back in the days of de Blasio after he had... uh, past the 3K, then he started saying, oh, we need daycare centers. And all of a sudden, they proliferated all over the outer boroughs and, and broken down old buildings like in, in, in apartments and storefronts. And they started looking around and they said, oh, the food was bad. It's not sanitary. There was a lot of problems. And I was looking at the people that were running this, and I'm saying, who are these people? Are they former teachers? Are they nurses with uh, pediatric nurses, retired people, teachers? They're just nobodies. And I looked up and I said, wait a minute. All they had to do is fill out an application, take a six-week online course, and you're an owner of a daycare center. Right. Well, there, there needs to be more more uh, demands put on these types of business and certainly more scrutiny. And it really is a slap in the face to the city of New York, to the entire region, that they had just recently passed an inspection. What does that say about the inspection process, Susan? They weren't inspecting it very well. And, they, you know, and, they, and I, heard, I read in one of the papers that they found the fentanyl was in the mattresses where these children were sleeping. Right. Right. Um, you remember when people were bringing in drugs, they were using they were using children and putting it in their baby carriages, hiding it underneath, using their babies as a, to, to bring in drugs. But why did Mayor Adams say, "I'm going to get the, the the drug enforcement units out there, and they're going to do they're going to go into every building and just get drugs out of here, not just say, oh, if you happen to be, you shouldn't have your fentanyl or your marijuana laying around in the house. What are you talking about? Who has that laying around in their house that have children? We're talking about people who are drug dealers. Well, yes, yes, yes. And and Susan, thank you. Thank you for the honest analysis here. And what's also uh, offensive, and uh, thank you for that call, Susan, is that 
This takes us back to the days of reminding us that city government, city government is always reactionary, always reacting after the fact. Who was there protecting the children? Who was there keeping an eye out for the children? Who was there to be a voice For the voiceless, the children cannot stand up for themselves under any circumstance. And maybe that's the part that's bothering me the most. Who was there for the children? We know these drug dealers were there, but who was there looking out for the interest of the children? It's great to denounce this from the mayor and the police commissioner, but it is, again, reactionary. It is after the fact. And so now here's step two. City officials are going to announce they're going to crack down on daycare centers. Inspections will be done across the five boroughs. Only three, four days too late now. Too late for these children. Let's go to Kathy in New Jersey. Good morning, Kathy. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good evening, Dominic. And uh, it's absolutely reactionary. It's it's like flying by the seat of your pants. And, you know, the rooms that they show, you wouldn't know it was a loving baby's room. Right, Dominic? I right. mean, it was like in disarray. And... um. The other thing is, it's related to youth that are helpless, you know, in situations when the Mm -hmm. the city government moves in. My point, earlier, I think it was Curtis, talked about Manhattan College, and there's an available dorm. And there's a procedure going on now to move these able-bodied men into Manhattan College dormitory for students. Right. Well, and, I, I believe, though, and, Kathy, that the dorm has been sold to a private entity. It was right, owned, still, it's it, on the property. It, yes, you know what I mean? Yes. It's, 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 that's it's what inches, I meant. It's inches away from the campus. Exactly. And, and, and to be blunt and honest to some of these predators. Thank you, Dom. That, thank you for the call, Kathy. To some of these predators that that uh, we have seen prior up in the Buffalo area, prior prior sexual assaults. What do you think is going to happen with all of these young ladies walking around the campus of Manhattan College? Obviously, we don't want it, but what do you think is going to happen? It's like, you know, I talk about alligators a lot. It's like putting a stake in the, in the area of 10 alligators and saying, now, now, don't don't touch that steak. That's the equivalent if a migrant shelter, building, dormitory, it used to be owned by Manhattan College, if it should open there, that's the equivalent. And then also, not just the college young ladies, what about the community residents? It's right there in the Kingsbridge area, Van Cortland area, the, the, the final stop for the one train. I, I don't understand the logic. You're blowing up our way of life for people that don't even respect the country. And they prove to us they don't respect the country based on what they do to police officers when confronted. Sandra, New Jersey, good morning. What's on your mind? Oh, good evening. Good evening, Dominic. You know, the woman before called and said, who are these people that own these daycare centers? This goes way back because when I, when I graduated Brooklyn College, the first thing I thought I wanted to do was teach. So I went to a daycare center, and I remember this little, little baby boy, he kept hitting himself in the face. And that, to me, was very serious. This is a problem. And the other women there, they kept laughing. They never mentioned anything to the parents about this little boy. And that told me something early on that that's not where I want to be. And, and, and uh, I saw that and I always, I never forgot that this little boy hitting himself. 
mm-hmm. and no one's trying to help this little boy. Right. I it, don't know. No, no, you do know, Sandra. It, it's a horrible situation. You know, I, I don't think I could be a parent of young children these days because I, I would want to plant, um, uh, Sandra, I would want to plant undercover webcams everywhere. Because my, my, maybe it's based on my past. Thank you for the call, Sandra. But my belief in, in life is that, uh, I, 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 I trust, um, I don't mean this to sound harsh, but I trust no one, especially, uh, when it comes to care of children. And I firmly believe that everyone, everyone must be scrutinized, looked at, coaches, teachers, teachers' assistants, parents of other students, school officials, everybody, everybody. And so, I, you know, I would want to have a webcam and, you know, you and, and I'm not talking about a webcam that's, that's uh, put up by the school because that can easily be manipulated, right? No doubt about it. And so now uh, officials near the school, I should say residents near the school, they're all coming out to state where this one-year-old child died, that it was an obvious drug front. One neighbor saying, how could you not know? An open secret that (laughs) people came in and out, in and out, in and out, and initially there were very few children there, right? So one parent, uh, or resident in the area of the Divino Nino daycare says that the site for more than a year of observation, there were very few kids, if, 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 if sometimes if ever any, going in and out. And uh, the residents would say, you know, drugs, how could you not know, Right. And so uh, one woman goes on to say a daycare with no children and men coming in and out. That's it's one of two things, drugs or prostitution. Either one, uh, it should have been under heavy investigation. E- either one. And then the, and then the children started appearing uh, recently. But according to one neighbor, the owner of the daycare didn't even bring her a child there. It's very, very interesting. Also, another story. We see your calls. We're going to go right back to them. Uh, the Adams administration dropping scores of lawsuits against upstate New York towns, refusing migrants. It's about time that you see the handwriting on the wall, the city of New York. The only people that are willing to be manipulated and uh, abused as it relates to this situation happens to be in the city of New York. Anybody in their right mind and certainly their elected officials are like, no, 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 do not bring that here. And so the legal challenges, as I stated earlier, were abandoned after a judge ruled that the city would have to bring each case in the individual counties. And, of course, that would be a very tough thing to do. Not impossible, but tough. So the administration has quietly dropped legal action against more than a dozen upstate counties that had issued emergency orders banning migrants from being bused to their doorsteps. Now, the city filed a lawsuit in June suing 31 counties over the orders, describing it as misguided and unlawful. No, what's misguided and unlawful, the city of New York, is what you're doing, is what you're doing with these uh, with these uh, migrants. And so 10 more lawsuits filed uh, against uh, by the city against other counties were dismissed after it was determined that those counties didn't even have emergency orders on the books barring migrants. And I want you to think about this for a second, folks. The, and this is not a cheap shot. The city of New York has an office of nothing but lawyers. It's called Corporation Council. And, I mean, nothing but hundreds of lawyers. And you sued 10 counties against their emergency order 
and these counties did not have emergency orders banning migrants. So that says that somebody in a supervisor capacity needs to be fired immediately. You brought lawsuits against some counties and sued for something that they were not doing. And so this leaves now just four counties in the city's lawsuit, Dutchess, Orange, Onondaga, of course, upstate Syracuse, and Rockland, all in our area except for Onondaga, and all four have also sued New York City over the relocation of migrants. The mayor has repeatedly called on Governor Hochul to enlist other counties to help relieve the stress that uh, has come about because of the migrants and currently in New York City's care, in the city's care. So you've had 110,000 migrants in the area Currently in the care of the city of New York, the homeless services, whatever term you want to put on this, happens to be 60,000 migrants. And I do believe that is now larger officially uh, than New York City's homeless population that the city takes care of. So in other words, there are more migrants in our homeless system than there are Americans that, that need the help. Think about that for a second. Let's continue with the uh, telephone calls. Let's go to Mike, our friend Mike in South Carolina. Good morning, Mike. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. If good, I'm awake, I always tune you in, Dominic. Sometimes I fade out. You get to <laughs> anyway. Okay, okay, uh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's outrageous. Like you said, daycare center in the Bronx. Um, a one-year-old boy dies and fentanyl, one of the most dangerous drugs, it's a fentanyl mill and in their nap room and whatever. And I read a show, you know, whoever owned the place, the lady or the guy wanted to make certain phone calls before they called 911. And it's like you said too, Dom, after the fact, and now, you know, uh, the one-term mayor, He's trying to, uh, oh, we'll do this and we'll do that. You know, promises, yeah, pie in the sky promises. Outrageous. And they, they are animals. They're animals. Doing this in the climate that we live in, among all the other things going on with the border and, you know, uh, immigrants coming in, uh, Curtis calls them Ill- illegal aliens now. And, you know, it's like you can't even protect our own veterans. Some are living on the brink. And they were asked to leave these no-tell motels to make room for, uh, I call them, recent visitors to our good country. Outrageous. Hey, but they're, know, they're, just, they're, uh, not, they're not just visitors, Mike, to the country. Visitors and tourists, they pay their own way in a lovely way right. that benefits the rest of us. They pay right. taxes. They, they go to businesses. They put money into the economy. But I guess yep. the migrants are, are putting into the economy as well. They're, they're putting into the economy. I, 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 I changed my statement. They're putting into the economy. They're putting in take out, take out, take out. That's what they're putting yeah. into the economy. And it's disgusting. And how long are we going to play this game because of pandering politicians? Mike, thank you for the uh, call. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Line three, Norman in the Bronx. Good morning, Norman. What's on your mind? My brother, how are you, Dominic? Oh, Norman Seabrook. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. How you doing? How's the family? Uh, Everybody's well. Thank you for asking. Thank you. How about your family? All is well, thank God. All is well. All is well. So listen, I, I, I was listening to you um, like I ordinarily do. Well, thank you. And it strikes me as something that needs to be done when you're talking about inspecting these daycares. Um, it should be an immediate order, operation order, by the police department written that states Whenever an inspection is going to be done, there shall be a canine dog along for the ride to ensure that there is nothing in that premise that can jeopardize the safety and security of a child. And I think that that has to happen because, you know, your nose, my nose is not going to be able to smell uh, the the toxic uh, drug that's in that area. But that dog is going to hit it. 
And when that dog hits it, you're going to know exactly there's something there and there's something more that needs to be done. And I think that the city of New York, the mayor, the police commissioner, whomever, has got to issue that order. Even when reinspecting these places, it also has to be done to ensure public safety. And I also heard earlier someone talking about, well, the people in the neighborhood know what's going on. It's kind of difficult to ask Mrs. Jones to come out and point the finger at somebody that's doing something wrong and not expect her to catch a bullet later on for doing it. So you have to go back to community policing, real community policing, where there is a police officer walking that neighborhood in that community, being a participant in the community. Then you're going to find out more about what's going on than what your eyes can really see. So I have two questions for you, Mr. Seabrook, the former president of the uh, New York City Correction Officers uh, Union. You and I are both uh, Bronx guys, public schools in the Bronx. Uh, Both succeeded against the odds when society said uh, that we weren't going to make it, and we're still standing. And so my, my question to you, so we share that in common. As somebody that is as street smart, as book smart as you are, and in the world of politics, how in the hell could something like this happen? Uh, negligence. Um, someone, uh, I believe, um, you know, you look, you, you have a lot of different areas, and, and, and I make no bones about it. You have a lot of municipal workers, civil service workers. They do a hell of a job, a great job. But then you have some of them that just, quite frankly, bullshit the system. And at the end of the day, things slip through the cracks. And I don't want to say that this slipped through the crack, but it sure as hell sounds like it did. Because at the end of the day, you know, you put in an application to uh, possess or to run a daycare center and, you know, there's no real background checks done or anything else. And, you know, it's unfortunate. And, And my heart goes out to the child that lost his life and to the family and also to the ones that are suffering that perhaps could have some uh, effect later on from this. We don't even know. But at the end of the day, this is something that needs to be corrected immediately. And it it can't wait. And you don't have time for a city council hearing or anything else. It's time to put an order in place and says, from now on, this is what's going to happen. I want to ask you this before I take a uh, a break here, Norman Seabrook, and I'm so glad to hear from you this morning. So here's here's one example of where uh, you are a better, stronger man than I. And he, just hear me out here. So there used to be a time when I would walk the streets of the Bronx. As a matter of fact, to be blunt and honest with you, Mr. Seabrook, I would intentionally go to bad neighborhoods. Three o'clock in the morning and would walk around and say, I dare you to bring it to me. That was my attitude. And I guess God was just with me. And, you know, I never ran into the bad guys. But here's the difference with me and you. I wouldn't do that now. And I'm almost embarrassed by it. But I'm not going to say I have a fear, but I'm like, I'm not going to be stupid and put myself in danger. And you walk the streets still without hesitation, right? How can you do it? And when I, when I say the streets, I mean the bad areas. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. And, and, and let me say that, you know, Dominic, I've worked in some of the most dangerous areas in the Department of Correction. And I've always had a great deal of respect for someone that respected me. I don't care what you did. It's not my, it's not my concern or what you did and what you're here for. But I've always held myself to a higher standard of respect. And I've given that respect and I received that respect. I, I have been places where individuals have seen me and, you know, I don't even know who they are. And they want to, hey, listen, I love you, Norm. Good to see you, brother. How you doing, et cetera, et cetera. It's all about how you carry yourself as well. But, you know, that saying that doesn't negate the fact that I I could get caught out there. But since I have such a faith in God and him watching over me, I don't step into an area I'm not supposed to step into three o'clock in the morning anymore, Dominic. Oh, okay. So so you have that as well a little bit too. Of course. Of course. Okay. 
Of course. Because you know, I, we, may, may, maybe something, I got to wrap this up, Mr. Seabrook. Thank you for the call as always. Maybe something is a, a little wrong with me, but there, there was a time when I would openly, if I was bored at home, I'd come in the city and go to Hunts Point or just pick any neighborhood at random, Harlem, and I would just walk around and go into the bars and go into bars that I know, you know, here I am oftentimes with a suit and tie on, and all these years later, I still can't tell you why I was doing it, but I was doing it. And I guess, uh, but this is before this is before gangs uh, were here in New York and all of this silliness uh, what's going on with political leadership and and you know folks I I've got to take a break I, I I've run over here when we come back we see all of your calls uh, the first thing I'm going to do when we return from this break is we're going to go to Lisa in Brooklyn we're also going to go to Connecticut Deposit New York and Mineola we'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. What are we doing? What are we doing as a society to our children? This was probably one of the worst days I've had of going up to the Bronx, sitting down with those parents, losing their babies like this. They dropped the babies off to a daycare center, hoping that their children will be protected by the caregivers. And then speaking with the father yesterday, like, what do you say? What do you say? This is just total madness that we lost a child to this dangerous substance. Here's what you say, Mr. Mayor. You, you, you make a bold statement. This won't bring your child back, but you have my word. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure it never happens again. Effective today, this is what we're changing as it relates to the city to make sure that it does not happen again. You know, I find it interesting, folks. Politicians sometimes, right, they're supposed to be the leader, right? But selectively, they, they try to sound like one of us reacting to the tragic news of the day. No, Mr. Mayor, you're supposed to lead by example. So it's, you know, it, it, it's just horrible. Uh, I'm looking at some of my uh, emails, and you can follow me on Twitter at DominicTV, at DominicTV. And uh, the the. The headline on the email says David from the Bronx, and it's from CW Healthcare Services, VA, Virginia. And the email says that I missed something, haven't heard David for a while, hope he's doing well, and just that. Uh, I have not heard his call because I was not listening at that time. So uh, you haven't missed anything. If you want to hear David from the Bronx, you can um, listen, and you should listen anyway, folks, because it's a great show to uh, Frank Morano's show. He often calls Frank's show. Uh, David uh, decided to take a break or whatever terminology he wants to use. Um, he didn't like, um, he didn't like uh, that I said to him that, you know, a, a lot of his comments, if not all, all of them were almost racial and, and he didn't like that. So that's why it's, I don't believe in boycotting people. Uh, there's only one person and there's no need to uh, go into that. Um, and frankly, I don't have the power to boycott people. I'm not the owner of the station, but there's only one person where I do not take that individual's calls. 
David is welcome to call, but you know he he chooses uh, to uh, to not do so. Lisa in Brooklyn. Good morning, Lisa. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. How are you? I just wanted to say something about that beautiful little boy. Even if someone in the community reported a drug incident in that apartment, what was going on? Unfortunately, I don't think anything would have been done. And I still think that woman would have got a license because it reminds me of, I think it was two years ago, the little boy in Long Island who died in the hands of his father, who was in law enforcement. And I am for police officers. I'm not knocking police officers. But he kept him in a garage, frozen to death. Teachers knew about it, what was going on, that he beat the son, starved the son. They called social services. The mother was begging, please don't let my husband, my ex-husband, have my son. He's going to die in his hands. And he did, and no one did a thing. And unfortunately, the politicians, the mayor, the governor, everyone, it's all about greed and corruption. They don't care about our children because I never thought after that little boy who died in Long Island, who I'm sure you know about it, which one, the father's in prison for life and his girlfriend's in prison, but... It just different incidents, but it keeps on happening. People knew what was going on. Even if they say anything, nothing is happening. And that's the sad part. It is, Lisa. And, um, you know, I, I mean, change, change the mayor, but it's basically still, no matter which mayor it is, it's still basically the same reaction, you know. Uh, they're upset at the time of the incident, and tomorrow, with no disrespect to Mr. Adams, tomorrow it's like, okay, what's for breakfast? And then, exactly, and it's a sin. I don't, I don't want to interrupt you, but you remember that little boy who died in the hands of his father? I was in tears when I saw his picture that time. It was like two years ago, and here again, it's not the same exact thing, but he's he died. It's still the same. He's not coming back to life. He doesn't have a life anymore. And it's just awful. It's awful. And when you think about the child was never even, uh, never even talked, you know, and and Lisa, thank you. Thank you so much for the call. So I'm looking at my Twitter now. They're, they're coming in. Sharon says, uh, first Sharon says a kilogram, uh, equals 2.2 pounds. That amount of fentanyl is a crime against humanity. And she quotes a uh, a uh, DEA.gov tweet that says one g- kilogram of fentanyl has the potential to kill 500,000 people. David Huns says they indict Trump for insufficient postage in 1976. Therefore, I blame uh, Biden for this. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dominic TV. You can also uh, tweet me your comments, and uh, I may use some of them like I just did right there. Michael, New Jersey, good morning. What's on your mind? Yeah, good morning. You asked uh, Mr. Seabrook, why isn't he afraid to walk the streets of the Bronx while you are? It's very, very simple. He wasn't giving you a straight answer. He's an ex-corrections officer. You know what that means? He has a license to carry a gun. You don't. I'm not afraid to walk the streets of the Bronx in the worst, worst neighborhoods, the worst streets. You know why? Because I'm carrying around my Desert Eagle 45, and I'll blow the SOB's head off who comes over to pick a fight with me. Okay, so Michael, 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 my friend, the, 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 this is not Clint Eastwood. This is not no, no, Hollywood. Uh, uh, why is, so, what makes him bulletproof? What makes him not afraid? What's the difference between him and you? Why are you afraid? I'm also afraid if I'm unarmed. If I'm unarmed, I'm terrified. Well, sim- simply, gun- simply because you have a gun, Michael, the bad guys have guns too. Yeah, but he doesn't know I have a gun, and I'll shoot him. The right, he- right. Clint, right. Clint Eastwood, right? You'll no, shoot him. And then, no, what gonna- are, and then what about when his homeboys on the side pull out their semi-automatic weapons, and while you're busy now shooting you're him? Now, now you're talking like you're on uh, on. TV. He doesn't have 20 homeboys with machine guns. You've been watching too much TV. Oh, really? It's one, it's one-on-one. Okay, right? well, well ask, the, ask, that, ask that elderly woman that was shot in the back the other day. Ask her if it's one-on-one. How many people shot her? I don't know, to be honest with you. All well, I one know... One person. One person shot her. The person with the gun. 
And if he's got 10, 10 friends with him, take, the minute they hear somebody shooting back, they'll take off because they're cowards. What do you think? They're going to start shooting. They're afraid they'll get shot. They'll go, oh, shit, this guy's got a gun. They'll run away. When, mm. you, when you return fire, they run. Okay? Oh, really? Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. They're, they're only brave when you're unarmed, and they are. But now, now Michael, armed, with, with all due respect, how would you know that? Believe me, take my word for it. They run. They run. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you how I know, but take my word. They run. They, they hear a gun go off, or they even see a gun, right? They crap in their pants. The only time they're brave is when you, the person is unarmed. You notice they attack people that, that oh, you n- never have any weapons on them. And there's no weapon like a gun. Forget about a knife, a stick, whatever. A gun. That's what you need. Because a gun, they can't get near you. You can shoot them from afar. A knife, you've got to get close up to them. They can grab the knife. They may be stronger than you are. A gun, there's, you know, there's a saying. God made man, but Smith and Wesson made, created all men equal. Okay? Hmm. I'll go up against a guy who is seven foot eight. I guarantee you, I put a forty-five into his chest or into his stomach, he's going down. So I don't care how tall he is, how strong he is, how big he is, I don't care. You hit someone with a forty-five, they're going down. No ands, no ifs, no buts. And if they don't go down, you put another bullet into them. And I guarantee you, with two forty-fives in them, they'll go down. And there's no, I, I've got the best gun made. Desert Eagle. Wow. That's what I recommend all well, people to buy. Forget about Smith & Wesson code. Well, Desert Eagle. That's hey, the gun hey, to get. Hey, Michael, you 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 know that I love you, right? But yeah, I, but, I love you but, too. But but I I think I should start calling you John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, and Rocky all no, me, in one character. No, no, don't associate me with Clint Eastwood because Clint Eastwood, a Dirty Harry, didn't know anything at all about guns. Remember in the movie, he said, I have a forty-four Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world. No, a forty-four Magnum is not. Excuse me. I, I I didn't I didn't hear that. But anyway, anyway, quick, quickly wrap that up, Michael, please. Clint Eastwood or Dirty Harry didn't know <laughs> a damn thing about guns because he said a forty-four Magnum is the most powerful handgun in the world. No, it wasn't at that time. A forty-five <laughs> was the most powerful, and I've got a forty-five, and that's what I suggest people to buy a forty-five. And my suggestion is get yourself a Desert Eagle. If not a Desert Eagle then they're all basically the same. Michael, if you want the Rolls-Royce, Michael, God has all, never failed me yet. Michael, all, 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 I can, all I can say this morning is I love you, man. That, that's, that's all I can say. I, I love you. You know, folks, it is time for a break. When we come back, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter. Michael, New Jersey, I love you. I'll be right back. Go ahead. Make my day. WABC. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. Call it the Fetterman Rule. The Fetterman Rule hoodies and shorts are now allowed on the Senate floor. You heard me right. Hoodies and shorts now allowed on the Senate floor. Thank you, Senator Fetterman of Pennsylvania. And this, as the New York City Council is advancing a, a, a bid, is advancing a, a, a push that could yank monuments honoring Washington, Jefferson, and Columbus. The City Council, which just passed a budget that some have already said is going to flop, is now spending time advancing this plan to that could kill off uh, monuments uh, honoring figures such as George Washington, right? So, and that's all because of their controversial past. And why, why don't we just eliminate them all, right? Just get rid of them. Get rid of all the statues and get rid of all the Black History Month stuff. And let's just wipe it all out, right? So we can all be politically correct on everything. We're going back to your telephone calls. But, folks, I want to tell you, that I'm proud of you, the supporters of this program. I am supporting this Sunday's Tunnel to Towers 5K Walk Run, New York City, again this year, which is Sunday, September 25th, the 25th. And we need your help. Help us remember 
those lost on 9-11 as we retrace FDNY firefighter. It's the 24th, excuse me, folks. Uh, Stephen Siller's final footsteps together. I'm going to be out there at the event, and you folks have made the Dominic Carter team number uno in terms of donations. Let's keep it up. Let's finish strong. We would really appreciate you donating to my team. It's really simple to support the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, Dominic Carter team. Here's how you do it. Go to WABCradio.com slash walk and click on the photo, that handsome guy, the African-American guy. I'm just kidding with you folks. But to donate to my team, I'm trying to beat my numbers from last year. That's WABCradio.com slash walk Thank you for your support as together we help America's heroes, one of the largest walks in New York City for a great cause, wabcradio.com slash walk. And let me tell you, it's a great experience. You get down there. I like to get down there early, 7 o'clock in the morning. There are thousands of people. You have firefighters dressed in their full gear. I don't know how they do it with the weather. You have police officers. You have you have people in corporate America. And I like to get down there early, the Wall Street area, down by South Street Seaport, and to ride the ferry over to Brooklyn for the event. It is just and when you think about folks that you don't you don't have to pay anything to get on the ferry. It's 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 something that I recommend people. I do believe you have to be registered for to to take part. Uh but 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 <laughs> It is a beautiful, if you want to see New York at its finest, get up, come down, ride the boat. Maybe we'll be on the boat together. We have a chance to talk politics. It is really a great experience. Let's go to Josh in Connecticut. Good morning, Josh. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, Dominic, good to talk to you again. So real quick, um, I'm in the protective services line. Okay. A little business. And... There was an incident that just took place in Westport, and I'm making an announcement. These criminals, they're kids, and they're filtering in, and I know it's because of this boy. They're filtering in from, from New York. Now, I carry, and there's a lot of agencies out here. We're just waiting. That was a big incident. Guys went in during the day, brazen, followed the guy with an Austin Martin, a $200,000 car, beat the guy up, stole his car, try it again. Try it again. We're ready for you. <laughs> mm. We are ready for you. Mm. Well, Josh, I, I, I hear I, you. I, I mean, I, I hope, thank you for the call. I hope it doesn't come to that in terms of uh, violence, but people are upset with this, uh, with this, uh, with this uh, migrant situation. I'm looking at another email that just came in. I didn't get a chance to open it yet, but it's from Richard Cardozo, and he refers to Michael in New Jersey, and he calls him Rambo. And from what I can see here, Richard says he talks tough, but I still hope for his own sake he never has to prove it. And even if Dirty Harry might have been technically incorrect, let's see the rest of it here, he made some great movies. And I didn't open it yet, but that's just part of it, of what I could see. Adam in Mineola, good morning, Adam. You're on Talk Radio. Wait, Adam, before you start, I, I know it's Trump's fault. It's the Republicans' fault. Right? So go right ahead. Good morning. Uh, that guy that was calling, do he know what happened to Bernard Getz? Bernard Getz, he got off one time. You know, he, he shot people one time, and then once he was a convicted felon, he could no longer have a firearm. So now when some other guys step to you get back, get bad with you, what are you going to do then, Mike? You, now you ain't got no gun because they done took it from you. So that, that's like an idiot thing he said to you on the phone today, sir. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to say that. Oh, so that no, no, smart, no, sir. no attack on Trump or Republicans this morning, Adam? No, sir, because you know that you you right, sir. <laughs> that that baby with that fentanyl thing that that touched my heart, man. I, I, mm. I I'm, I'm disgusted, man. Right. I'm disgusted with that. Yeah, we all are, man. You know? We, we, we all are. Yeah. Hey, you know what, Adam? I want you to hold on for a second because Sean in Brooklyn, I want you guys to talk to each other live. It says here, Sean says Michael was right on the money. So hold on, Adam. Uh, Sean, yeah. good, good morning. Good morning, Sean. Good morning. So, hey, Michael. Michael's not on the line. You're talking to Adam in Mineola. Hey, Adam. Hey, Adam. Adam? I'm at the phone. Hey, Adam. 
Adam. Adam. Okay, he says he's listening. Go ahead. Adam, uh, Bernie got, gets, got off about six shots, so you're wrong. Not one shot. That's number one. Number two, they were trying to, since you brought up Bernie Getz, they were robbing him on the train with screwdrivers, and they lost the fight. So you got to get your facts a little better. That's number two. And number three, Bernie Getz was just minding his own business when these five punks came up with a screwdriver to rob him. Now, if someone came up to your father with a screwdriver, how would you feel about that? Sir, when Bernie Getz got out of Rikers Island, when he got out of Rikers Island for the conviction that he had for shooting that gun, he no No, longer had convicted to have a gun. He got convicted for carrying the concealed weapon. That was it. That was the only charge. All the other charges were dismissed. No longer. And he was no longer able to have a weapon, sir. When he yeah, had I'll clear with you that because the, the liberals, the liberals in New York State passed that. He should be allowed to have a weapon. He was minding his own business, but he's and he not. got robbed but by a weapon. Okay, but okay. he's not able to carry a weapon. So when the thugs come back at him again, what are you going to have a slingshot? Okay, hey, hey, Adam and, and Sean, I, I have to step in, guys, because we're almost completely out of time. And I do apologize uh, to the rest of you folks. We see your calls. But remember, Frank Morano, a great show is coming up uh, in just uh, minutes. And Frank is joining me now. Good morning to you, sir. Hello, Dominic. So what do you have coming up? Well, we're going to try and keep our eyes peeled for this missing F-35 uh, fighter jet. You know, we'll see if we could find this F-35 jet. I don't understand how an $80 million jet just disappears. We're going to explore it. Also going to talk about this uh, UAW strike and what's happening at the UN this week with Alan Tonelson. Alan is uh, one of the best writers on economics, technology, world affairs that there is. He's been a senior trade advisor to both uh, Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders on trade issues. We're going to talk with him. And uh, we'll talk about some of these folks uh, that want to ban fossil fuels. They've been out there protesting. So we're going to explore that with a serial entrepreneur and a fellow who has sort of a an interesting take on climate change. He does believe it's real. So I'm going to invite some listeners who think climate change may not be caused by man-made reasons to kind of debate with our guest, Thomas Barnett. I think it's going to be an interesting show. And so you have a great show coming up, and uh, you always have a great show. I say that sincerely. Thank you. And my only gripe with you is please don't keep me up all night long. Hey, have another cup of coffee before you go. (laughs) You're going to need to stay up for today's show. Frank Morano, The Other Side of Midnight is coming up. I will see you folks again in 23 hours. Talk Radio 77 WABC.